Can we give Jesus another clap, up, clap offering? And would you mind standing to your feet one more time? And if I could invite the singers to come back up as well. I really believe uh, God is doing something in this place tonight. And uh, that is amazing. Luca, would you mind coming over my way for a second? Tonight, this man started with the story of Ezekiel. Four o'clock this morning, I felt the Lord say to me, that's how I'm supposed to end the service tonight. And he starts the service talking about that story. Let me tell you, nights like this, you can't manufacture. It is only possible, because the word of God says it's not by mind, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. Now, I want to pray for you for, for a moment. I really believe you've got a real sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's a real anointing on you. You are marked by God for something. When you're marked by God for something, you become a target for the enemy. But tonight I want to pray for you and I'm going to ask Kevin to come and join me as well. I really believe the next two or three years, God's going to take you deeper. He's going to show you things. He's going to speak to you, but you will only see those things in that secret place. Go to God, stay with Him in that secret place. And I really believe God's going to take you deeper. Let me stretch our hands towards Luca. And Father, we thank you for this young man right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, we thank you. I pray that he will be like David. Lord, when he plays his guitar, when he sings, I pray for the presence of God. Lord, I pray for the power of God to come upon your people and to bring healing and restoration and hope into the hearts and lives of people. Thank you for Luca right now in the name of Jesus. We release it, release an anointing. We release that authority over this man's life in the name of Jesus. As he meets with you in that secret place, I pray for the Lord, I pray for greater revelation. In the name of Jesus, I thank you and I release the power of God over him right now. A new anointing for this new season that is ahead over his life. No weapon formed against him will prosper. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you give God praise one more time? Thank you. We're going to sing that song one more time. And uh, I, I really felt while we were singing that song that we need to take five more minutes and just pray for the city of Birmingham. I really felt in my heart for you to, to ask God for the city. And I, I know you already do, but we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to pray as loud as we can so that whole city hears that. Are you ready to do that tonight? We're going to take that next five minutes. You can walk, you can jump, you can stand upside down. You do what you've got to do, but we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to ask God for the city of Birmingham for a moment. Are you ready to do it? Come on, let's take a few moments. Just let's knock on heaven's door and say, God, we are asking you for the city. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, God. Come on, lift your voices. Let's cry out to the... Cry out to God tonight, Jesus, we honour you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We ask you for the city of Birmingham. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we pray for the lost. Lord, bring them into this house. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We praise your name. Come, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, we ask you for the city. We ask you for the city. In the name of Jesus. Let the name of Jesus be lifted up. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Come on, let's 
Amen. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, we worship you. We worship your name. We ask you for the city in the name of Jesus. We ask you for the youth of the city in the name of Jesus. Every generation, every age group, we claim them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship your name. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, let's sing it one more time. I've seen you move. Oh, we worship you. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. Oh, I see you. I see you doing it. Yeah, you made a way where there is no way. Come on, will you declare love in your city tonight? I've seen you move. I've seen you doing it. Do it again. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us. Tonight we open our hearts. We open our minds. One day in your house is better than a thousand days in the world. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everyone that loves the old black said... Give someone a high five as you grab your seat and thank you worship team and fantastic, fantastic, awesome, wow, I am loving my time here in Birmingham, I don't want to go to New Zealand, did you used to have, did you ever have an auntie who used to show up during Christmas time and, she's, she, and she tells you, I'm only here for a couple of days just to celebrate Christmas. And, and then it's almost end of January and she hadn't gone home yet. Did you ever have an auntie like that? I want to be like that auntie. You're, you're like, I thought he was going home on Thursday, but he's still here. But anyway, it's a real joy and a privilege to be here. I want to honor you for being here tonight. And once again, I want to say a big thank you to Pastor Mark and Ryan, Mark Ryan and Kathy Ryan and your entire team here. I've got to spend the whole day with your staff here. What an amazing staff and, and an amazing bunch of people who are on fire for God, who are just on fire to see the city saved for Jesus. Can we give God praise for Mark and Kathy and the team here? Fantastic. Fantastic. I really believe God's going to do something in this place tonight. And uh, I, remember my, I remember my very first trip 
to the UK. We were on our way to the UK for Elam Conference. It was the first time we came to, uh, to London. And, um, uh, and we brought our six-month-old son. He was six months old at the time. Uh, so it was our first time traveling with a baby. We were mad. Uh, coming from New Zealand to England with a six-month-old baby. We were like, why did we do that? And we won't do it again, even though we sang do it again. But anyway, uh, we were like, okay, let's do it. So it was our first time traveling. So my wife, uh, she packed everything you can think of. We had a pram for Josh. We had a car seat for Josh, a bed, the kitchen sink, everything you can think of. We packed it, and I think we had seven pieces of seven pieces of luggage uh, with us that we brought with us to Europe and on the way back we decided to uh, stay in Hong Kong for a night just to break up the uh, break up the trip uh, before we headed back to Auckland so we stayed for a night uh, in Hong Kong now you need to know something about me I love traveling but I hate the baggage part of traveling uh, I hate it, especially when you've got a six-month-old baby, and then you've got 900 suitcases, and, and Sharon's holding the baby, and I'm responsible for all the luggage. So I hate the traveling part of, 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 of the baggage part of traveling. I hate standing at the carousel waiting for your bag to arrive, and, and, and you see a bag that looks like yours, and, and it's the first bag to come out, and you get so excited, you think the favor of the Lord is on you, that's your bag, and then you see someone else come and grab that bag and walk walk away and you realize it wasn't your bag they just they just happened to have the same bag as you and, and you're like okay so I hate waiting for my bags to arrive so when I arrived in Hong Kong uh, I said to Sharon I'm going to go to the oversized uh, baggage location and collect all our bags so here I am walking there reluctantly and when I arrived there lo and behold I was so impressed uh, to see all our oversized baggage, all very neatly collected and put together in a trolley. I thought, my goodness, I love this country. I was like, God bless the person who had gone out of the way and read all our labels that said Ratnaraja, and they had very neatly put this together in this trolley. And I thought, bless this person. So I wheeled the trolley out, and I said to Sharon, we are out of here, and we get out uh, to the car park, and we met our driver, and, and the driver was putting all the suitcases into our car while we were putting Josh into the car, in, into his car seat. And the driver says to me, Mr. Ratnaraja, you're going to have to pay extra because there are eight bags. I said, eight bags? No, there are seven bags. I'll help you count. One, two, watching me, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Ooh, let's count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I was like, where did the eighth bag come from? I said to Sharon, whose bag is this? She was like, I don't know, you brought all the bags out. And I found out that no one went out of the way and put all my suitcases in a trolley for me. What I had done was I had wheeled out the oversized baggage trolley of the entire flight that went from London to Hong Kong. I have a very special anointing for doing things like this. Out of the airport, let me tell you, all panic Everyone was like freaking out. Whose bag 
is this? So I, I took this bag back and I explained to the, to, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the airport staff what had happened. Let me tell you, they were not happy with me. Sharon was freaking out. Josh was freaking out. The, the, the car driver was freaking out. Everyone was freaking out. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I took someone else's bag. And they were not very impressed with me. I really believe there is a spiritual truth here for all of us. Often in life, instead of admitting we have baggage, instead of dealing with it, we choose to carry it around with us wherever we go. Can I say that one more time? Often in life, instead of admitting we have baggage, instead of dealing with it, we choose to carry it around with us wherever we go. Here's the truth. To avoid baggage claim, many people choose to carry with them, and they think this is, uh, you know, this is just a carry-on bag, and we carry it with us everywhere we go. The truth is, all of us have baggage. Every single one of us, we have baggage. We all carry baggage with us. I remember visiting someone in hospital. As I was waiting uh, for them in the waiting room, a program came on the TV called Baggage. Anyone watch that? Raise your hand. We won't judge you. Nobody. Okay. Uh, basically, this program gives three contestants the chance to win a, a, a prospective date. The, the contestants carry three suitcases on stage with them, a small one, a medium one, and a large suitcase. Each piece of baggage contains a secret about that person. I'm telling you, when they open their suitcases and reveal their secrets, I was glad I was at a hospital because I nearly passed out when they were sharing on national TV their personal secrets. I won't repeat them, but I'll tell you some of them. One person's suitcase said, uh, uh, their suitcase said, I like to eat dirt because it does not contain any calories. Another person's suitcase, a suitcase said, I have a pet scorpion. Another said, I have 15 living cats and 30 dead cats at home. They just happen to love cats. These are real people revealing their baggage on national TV. I mean, some of the things they were, that they were revealing was just like, my goodness, I've never heard some of these things. For you, but the truth is, all of us have baggage. For you, it may not be a scorpion or dead cats or, or, or you will eat dirt. But for us, for some of us, it could be unforgiveness. It could be rejection. Or it could be an addiction. Something happened very, very long time ago. And you thought, you know what, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to deal with it. I'll just take it with me. I'll just take it with me. And then something else happens. It's not a big deal. I'll take that with me. As time goes, we end up with baggage that we shouldn't be carrying with us in the first place. Let me tell you, when you carry baggage that you shouldn't be carrying, you don't enjoy the journey. We end up with unnecessary baggage. The truth is we carry things that we shouldn't be carrying in the first place. And I really believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to do some healing of hearts in this place tonight. I want you to ask yourself this question tonight. What am I carrying with me that should not be part of the journey? Ask yourself this question tonight. What am I carrying with me into the year 2019 that should not be part of the journey? 
What are you carrying some of the things that happened in the year 2018 or 2017 or something that happened 20 years ago, but you never dealt with it. But every single year you've been fighting the same battles. You've been going around the same mountain. You feel like you've been carrying this thing for so long. You've never dealt with it, but you're entering another year carrying baggage you shouldn't be carrying in the first place. I really believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to deal with some of those things tonight. Can I get an amen? If you're, if you're here tonight and you're saying, boy, I want God to heal my heart tonight. Let me tell you some things that we carry, five things we carry with us in our baggage that we should not be carrying with us uh, on, on, on life's journey. If you're taking notes, I really encourage you to write this down. The first piece of baggage we often carry is unfulfilled expectations unfulfilled expectations a lot of people carry the baggage of disappointment uh, you wanted something to happen this way but it never happened the way you wanted it to happen or, 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 or it never worked out the way you wanted it to work out and that has ultimately led to disappointment proverbs 13 verse 12 hope deferred makes the heart sick number one first baggage unfulfilled expectations. Number two is the second baggage, untreated pain. Untreated pain. Let me tell you the course of untreated pain, tucking things away, bottling things up. Instead of dealing with our pain, with pain, we hide it. We put on a, we put on a, we, we, we put on a mask or we put on a Sunday mask and we, when we come to church and, 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 we, and we pretend like, yes, everything is all right. I'm on fire for Jesus. But on, the, on the inside, we're hurting. We're hurting. We're, we're wounded. We don't, we, don't, we don't deal with things. We put on a smile and move on pretending everything is, is okay. We don't give it the attention needed. Jeremiah prophesied about this in Jeremiah 6 verse 14. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say when there is no peace. We learned this dreadful art of tucking things away. Am I talking to somebody in this room tonight? Untreated pain. Unfortunately, we, we never deal with our pain and we end up taking it with us wherever we go. We, we take it with us wherever we go. Here's a third baggage. Unresolved yesterday. Unresolved yesterday. The real culprit of this, is, of this one is that we don't deal with issues quickly enough. The truth is, things will happen to us in this lifetime. A lot of people think when I become a Christian, all my problems are going to disappear straight away. Let me tell you, that it doesn't happen that way. The, the, the issue is not the things that happen to us. The real issue is, how do we respond to these issues? How do we respond to our problems? Let me tell you, life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to that. Life is all about our response. The issue is not the things that happen to us. The issue is how do we deal with it? Often we just keep putting it off. We delay it. It's an unresolved yesterday. Let me show you what happens when something is not dealt with soon enough. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. It says, don't, do not let the sun go down while the issue is not resolved. In other words, settle the issue quickly. Do you want to sleep well at night? Settle the issue quickly. When we don't deal with things quickly enough, the scripture tells us that we give the devil 
a foothold. And let me tell you, that's all he needs to begin to wreak havoc in our lives. Can I tell you, all he needs is a small window. Unresolved yesterday. Number four, an unhealthy view of self. The fourth baggage an unhealthy view of self. Many people have a wrong view of themselves. We allow others. So I talked a little bit, a little bit about it last night. We allow others, so ourselves, to define who we are. We say things like, I am never going to amount to anything. I'm not good enough. Nobody likes me. I'm ugly. No one will ever love me. We often believe lies like this. Can I tell you, God sees a different view of you. If you're constantly, constantly living your life with an unhealthy assessment of yourself, you're going to walk around with some baggage that is not accurate. Unfortunately, many people have believed some of these lies from the pit of hell. And tonight I pray that God will heal your heart and you will have an accurate picture of who you are. Can I get an amen if you believe that tonight? Romans 12, 3, the only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. Can I read that one more time? The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what He does for us, not by what we are and what we do for Him. The real view of who you are is not what your boss says you are. The real view of who you are is not who your neighbor says you are or or, or who your family member says you are. The real view of who you are is who God says you are. I said this last night. You are not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. You know, I have this saying in my office. I heard it one time and I put it in my office just to remind myself all the time. I have this every day before I sit, I look at this thing. And it says this, nothing to prove, no one to impress. Live your life that way. Live for an audience of one. I don't want to live my life trying to impress that person or prove something to someone, my worth, or I don't want to seek man's approval. Why? Because you will never be satisfied. But today, let me encourage you. God wants you to know that you are loved by Him. If you want to know who you are, just look at God. Look at Jesus. Look to Him. He's the fifth bag that we carry, baggage that we carry, unrepented sin. The key word here is unrepented sin. Let me tell you, repentance is more than just saying sorry. Repentance is more than just saying sorry. The key word here is unrepented sin. I'm not talking about unconfessed sin or unforgivable, unforgivable sin. Sometimes we ask God for forgiveness for our sins, but we never make changes with our lifestyle. We, don't, we, don't, we, we never change direction. Repentance is more than just saying sorry. Repentance is I'm going to turn around and go, go in a different direction. I pray in the year 2019, some of you tonight, you're going to make an intentional decision. I have been going this way. I've been addicted to this thing. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go one step further. I'm not going to just say sorry and live that lifestyle all over again. And 2019 is going to be like 2018, like 2000. 
but tonight through the power of the Holy Spirit I'm going to go in the opposite direction believing whom the Son sets free is free indeed and this addiction will no longer be a master in my life unrepented sin in Psalm 32 David talks about what happens when we carry around unrepented sin Psalm 32 verses 3 to 4 when I kept silent my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night your hand was heavy on me my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer tonight I want you to ask yourself this question these questions for a moment ask yourself look at look at your life what am I carrying that should not be part of the journey is it unfulfilled expectations is it untreated pain is it an unresolved yesterday is it an unhealthy view of myself is it unrepented sin what's your baggage what's my baggage what am I carrying that should not be part of this journey the first step to dealing with our baggage is to acknowledge it you need to name it I really believe there are people here tonight for far too long you've been carrying this thing and tonight Jesus is saying will you hand this over to me I love that hymn that we sing all to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give tonight I pray that you will surrender your baggage to Jesus no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord doesn't matter how anointed you are doesn't matter how gifted you are Tonight, all of us, we're carrying baggage. And I thank God for Pastor Mark and Pastor Kathy who have said, you know what? First week of the year, we're making room for God. And I don't, I don't want to come and preach a message and, and we all shout and give us the city and give us this and give us this and give us that, but we're carrying baggage. But I, I really felt to, this morning as I was praying for tonight, I really felt God saying tonight, God wants to deal with our hearts. God needs to do something in me before he can do something through me. And tonight I really believe God's going to work in our hearts. He's going to heal people's hearts. And, 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 and I pray that you will allow the Holy Spirit to touch your heart, whatever baggage that you're carrying. I pray that you will, you will see freedom. You will see healing in your hearts tonight. Some of you, you've taken this baggage into your marriage into your relationships, your career. You've been, you've been taking it with you everywhere you go, and as a result, it has impacted on every area of your life. Would you let go of that baggage today? To, to help us do this, we're going to pray three specific prayers tonight. I believe in the power of prayer. God hears prayers. He's a prayer-answering God. And tonight we're going to pray Three specific prayers, and if I could ask the keyboard player, if you don't mind joining me, thank you, brother. Here's the first one. God, help renew my mind with truth. God, help renew my mind with truth. This prayer comes from Romans 12, 3. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you were praying that prayer for a moment, would you mind closing your eyes and would you mind lifting your hands to the heavens and will you repeat this after me God help renew my mind with truth will you say prayer that prayer God help renew my mind with truth will you pray, pray it out nice and loud one more time God help renew my mind with truth
Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for every man, woman, and child in this place. Would you touch our minds right now in the name of Jesus? Some of you, you're carrying memories, pain, bitterness, and God wants to heal your mind tonight. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Healing. Healing rain. Fall afresh in this place right now. Renew of our minds. Cleanse every thought right now in the name of Jesus. Some of you, you've been speaking negativity over your life. You've been saying, I'm, I'm this or I'm not this right now. Holy Spirit, touch our minds. Touch our minds. God, renew my mind with, your spirit, with, with, with spiritual truth. Thank you. You may open your eyes. You can put your hands down. If you don't mind staying up here, bro, is that all right? After when I go to the supermarket, I see people standing in the aisles reading the labels on the food items they're about to purchase because they want to know, they want to check what is going into the food they are eating. Let me tell you, the same goes for our minds. Don't feed your mind with junk. Don't feed your mind with poison. Don't feed your mind with lies about you. Ask God to renew your mind with spiritual truth. Can I, can I be honest with you? Not that I'm going to lie for the rest of the service, but you know, I'm very intentional. When I wake up in the morning, what's the first thing I read? I never let social media be the first thing that I open. Now I let, first thing I want to do is read God's word. Why? Order communicates priority. First thing first is God. I want, to, I want to feed my mind with the Word of God, with the truth. Take stock of what you're allowing into your mind and replace the lies of the evil one with the truth of God. No transformation takes place. No change takes place in our lives until our thoughts begin to change. And I pray for transformation to happen in our minds, in our thinking tonight. The second prayer that we're going to pray God, help restore what's lost. God, help restore what's lost. Would you mind closing your eyes for a moment, raising your hands if you're praying that prayer? Would you say it after me? God, help restore what's lost. One more time. God, help restore what's lost. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 71 verse 20, it says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will, away, you will again bring me up. I know there are people here tonight, you're feeling discouraged at the moment. You feel so low at the moment. You, you feel like there is no hope at all. I want you to know that God specializes in restoring what was lost and restoring that which has been broken. He is our healer. He will restore what's been lost. One of the things that irritates me uh, at home is when I can't find the TV remote. I don't know about you, but that really irritates me because I want to watch something and I can't find my TV remote. And let me tell you, my five-year-old son is very good at hiding the TV remote. And, and, and after a long day, when we put him to sleep, Shaz and I get really excited because we, we're like, well, let's watch TV, let's watch Netflix. 
and, and he's fast asleep and, and, and honest truth the rest of the night goes like this we can't find the TV remote anyone else know what I'm talking about we have looked everywhere we've looked under the couch we've looked under our bed we've gone through his entire toys we've cleaned the entire house looking for the TV remote it's 10.30 at night we've checked the fridge we've even gone through the rubbish because why? we just want to watch TV we just want to watch a little bit of TV we want to unwind and we're like oh my goodness where is the TV remote? we're looking for it we turn the whole house upside down to find the TV remote let me tell you God's heart is much more aggressive than that when it comes to that which is lost. In the, in the book of Luke, chapter 15, Jesus tells three powerful stories reflecting the heart of God. I want you to catch this for a moment. In the first story, Jesus talks about a shepherd who had a hundred sheep, and if one of them wandered off, the shepherd would leave the 99 to go after the one that was lost. Tonight, you may be sitting in a crowd, and you'll be like, but I'm in a crowd. No one knows me. No one knows what I have been through. No one knows what I'm carrying. No one knows what I lost. But can I tell you, you have a heavenly Father. Who knows what you went through? Who knows what you're carrying? And tonight, He wants to say to you, I am your healer. And I will restore what was lost. He is the good shepherd. Then Jesus tells the story of this woman who had 10 coins and if she lost one of them, she would tear her house apart to find the one that was lost. And I love this story. Jesus tells the story about a father who had two sons and one ran off. The father spent days, weeks, month after month, perhaps year after year, searching for his one son that was lost. God cares for those who are lost. You matter to God. Your heart may be hurting. You may be aching right now. Let me tell you, you matter to God. What is, it, what is it that God wants to restore in your life? Maybe He wants to restore your faith in Him. Maybe He wants to restore your hope. Jeremiah 30 verse 17, But I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. God specializes in restoring that which was lost. God help renew my mind with truth. God help restore what's lost. And this is the third prayer tonight. And I really believe this is going to be the most powerful prayer we're going to pray. God, help me release my offender. God, help me release my offender. While every eye closed, every head bowed for a moment. If you're praying that prayer tonight, would you mind lifting your hands to the heavens? Looking at your heavenly Father, will you pray this prayer? God, help me release my offender. Will you say it after me? God, help me release, release my offender. Lord, we release them right now. People who may have hurt us, we release them. We release them. People who may have disappointed us. People who may have betrayed us. People who told us they will be there for us, but never kept their promise. God, we release them to you right now. Healing rain from the front to the back, left to the right. 
in the name of Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Really, really, there's a real anointing in this house tonight. There's a real sense of God's presence. Healing is taking place for a moment. Will you just say, God, I release that person. I release that person right now. I release that person. I don't want to carry that offense into 2019. I release it right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, healing reign right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to hear Joyce Meyer share her testimony live. And I'll never forget this testimony that she shared. In her testimony, she talked about how she was abused mentally, emotionally, and sexually by her own father. In her testimony, she talked about how she was abused over 200 times by her own father. She was just a young kid at the time. She told her mom about what had happened, and, and her mom confronted her father, but her father denied it. So Joyce's mother, uh, mother believed her dad, and, and one day Joyce's mother came home, and, and she saw what was happening to Joyce Meyer, but walked away pretending like nothing had happened. For many years, this continued. Joyce left home at the age of 18. Her dad never confessed or apologized for what he did. Cutting a long story short, Joyce Meyer found Jesus and, and began to serve the Lord. And she started traveling all around the world, serving Jesus, telling people about Jesus. One day, God wanted her, God said to her, Joyce, I want you to forgive your dad. God wanted Joyce to deal with, with her past. This was a baggage that she was carrying. And, and God said to Joyce, Joyce, I want you to deal with this. So two different occasions, she told her dad, Dad, I forgive you. But he kept on denying just like the other times. Her parents were now in their old age and, and they needed full-time care. So God said to Joyce, Joyce, I want you to look after your parents. So she decided to bring them closer to where she was living. She bought them a house that she personally paid for. She took care of, their, took care of her elderly parents on Thanksgiving Day. She was visiting her elderly parents because her, her dad wanted her to come over and she took her husband, Dave, and, they, we, we, they, and there they were. I think Joyce was in her late 50s or early 60s at this time. Her father began to cry out. A cry. He started to weep out for no reason, out of nowhere. He just started crying and he said these words to his daughter. After many years, I'm sorry for what I did to you. I'm sorry for what I did to you. He asked for forgiveness. How did Joyce Meyer respond? What did she say to her dad? Who, who abused her, these were her words. It's all right, Daddy. I forgive you. And on that day, she led her dad to the Lord. And 10 days later, she baptized her own father. She released her offender. She released him into the hands of Jesus. And she baptized him 10 days later. God healed her hidden wound when she forgave her father. Today she travels around the world telling people God can heal and restore you. Can I tell you, all of us, we have hidden wounds. And tonight God is saying to you, I want to heal your hidden wounds. The truth is so many people today are carrying around baggage of bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred towards those who have offended us. Colossians 3.13, be with each other and forgive one another, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord 
forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I really believe there are people here today, you need to release that baggage of unforgiveness. It is time to lay it down. God is speaking to some people tonight. It is time to lay it down. You might say, Boyd, why should I forgive that person? Why? Why they did this to me? That what they did was is unforgivable. There's no way. Why? Why? I want you to know this. We need to forgive them because the Lord forgave us. Forgiven people forgive people. When you forgive someone, you're not saying what they did to you was wrong. Right. You're not saying what they did to you was what you did, what you what they did to you was right. When you forgive them, you're saying, I'm releasing this person into God's hands. I once heard someone say this: to forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to discover that the prisoner was you. To forgive is to set a prisoner free, only to discover that the prisoner was you. I heard about this young couple who bought a house and they moved into this new neighborhood. The next morning they were having breakfast together and the the lady of the house, this young lady, she looks outside her window and she saw her neighbor who had done washing and and, and she was putting her clothes to dry. She was hanging her clothes to dry and, and the young lady looked at the neighbor's washing and said, oh my goodness, look at that washing. It looks dirty. I don't think she's done it properly. Oh, this is not good. The next morning here they were having breakfast and, 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 and the neighbor comes out and, and uh, puts her washing that she's just done on the, on the line to dry. And, and the young lady looks outside and, he, and she says to her husband, Ooh, look at that lady. Ooh, I think she needs to change her washing powder. I'm concerned. Look at her washing. It's dirty. It's dirty. Her husband doesn't say anything. He just sits there very quietly eating his breakfast. A couple of days later here they were having breakfast. The neighbor comes out, puts her washing on the line, and the young lady is like, oh my goodness, oh, we need to do something. Maybe they need to get a new washing machine. This is not right. I don't think she's doing it properly. The husband was getting very sick of this. He was getting very tired of this. He just sat there very quietly eating his breakfast. A couple of days later, the neighbor comes out, and she she puts her clothes to dry on the line, and, and the young lady looks outside, and she goes, Oh my goodness, wow, they look amazing today. I love this. Maybe she's learned how to do it. I wonder who taught her how to do washing properly. This time the husband spoke up and he said, well, I woke up this morning and washed our windows. He said, I washed our windows. This is true when it comes to life. Listen carefully, if you're looking at others through the window of bitterness and unforgiveness, you will be miserable for the rest of your life. What we see when watching others depends on the purity of the window through which we look. On the other hand, if you look at others through the window of forgiveness, you will find a life of hope and happiness and you will live free for the rest of your life truth is we all need to learn to forgive because we all need forgiveness. Can I tell you, if our greatest need was money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was education, God would have sent us a philosopher. If our greatest need was pleasure, He would have sent us an entertainer. 
But your greatest need, my greatest need was forgiveness. God sent us a savior. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Who does he mean by the world? He means people. He means you. He means you, you, you. He means people that are driving outside the city of Birmingham who doesn't know yet that Jesus came to save them. And that's why the church exists. And that's why I love your church, that you exist to tell people that Jesus loves them. The truth is we all need forgiveness. Often we think the person hurt me. Therefore, it gives me the right to hurt them back. It gives me the right to gossip about them. It gives me the right to be bitter. Listen to this carefully. Just because someone has hurt us doesn't justify our own sinful behavior back. Just because someone sinned against you doesn't give you the right to go around and do what God tells us not to do. Today, will you lay down that offense? Don't carry it with you. Let go of that baggage. You want 2019 to be a different year? Let go of that baggage. In a moment, I'm going to give people an opportunity to, to respond. Every night, we'll give people an opportunity to respond. And I want to share a personal story of mine. And I was at a pastor's conference, and it, it is one of the biggest pastor's conference in New Zealand. All the big names come, and everybody comes to it. And, and there was a pastor who preached a message on forgiveness. And I was like, I love this message. I'm taking notes. And, and then he gives an altar call. And when he gave an altar call, he said, if you need to forgive someone, I need you to stand up. And I thought, wow, that is so powerful. And I'm sure, Mark, when you're a preacher, you, I, I love response time. And you're like, whoa, this is powerful. And the Lord spoke to me and said, boy, do you need to forgive someone? Someone that offended you. You need to stand up. I was like, oh, God, but... I'm the Elam national leader. And if I stood up, the Assemblies of God national leader will see me. Or the C3 national leader will see me. And I've got my staff members sitting behind me. Oh, maybe I'll, I'll do it when I get home or privately. Just you and me, God. That's all that matters. None of these people need to know. It's just between you and me. God said, no, I want you to stand up. I'll be honest with you. I was too afraid to stand up because I'm, I'll confess I was too worried about what people will say or think. So people stood up. I sat there with my eyes closed. God said to me, stand up, stand up, stand up. And, and the way he kept saying stand up, I was so scared that my chair was just going to, something was going to happen. And, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I was like, come on, drummers, start playing the drums. Let's do a fast song or something. Come on, no, no, no. And this preacher goes, in fact, I'm going to give a second opportunity. There is a pastor here who needs to stand up. I was like, I better stand up or he's going to say, Boyd Ratnaraja, you need to stand up. There was a person in my life that I needed to forgive. That I needed to forgive. So I stood up. Do you know God healed my heart that night? Healing took place. I forgave that person. But here's the most amazing thing. A few days later, 
I kept running into pastors who said to me, Boyd, when that man told us to stand up, I didn't want to stand up. But then I saw you stand up. That gave me the courage to stand up. I had people in my team came and said to me, things happened to me and I never forgave that person. And I said to myself, if my pastor would stand up, if he would stand up, if he can stand up and forgive people, that gave me the courage to stand up. And that night I realized, sometimes when we make courageous decisions, let me tell you, you bring healing to people that God has entrusted you with. Some of you tonight, you need to respond. Come on, can we give God praise for that? Some of you, you need to respond to this message so that you can change generations to come. Future generations will thank you and say, my grandfather stood up and he forgave that person. And our family story has been rewritten again because he stood up. Who is going to be in heaven because you stood up? Who is going to be grateful to you because you said, I forgive that person. God, restore what's lost. God, renew my mind. Who is it? that person tonight who's going to say, you know what, boy, enough is enough. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. Tonight, can I encourage you with this? We're going to come to the altar in a moment. And, and I want, this is not where we're going to do name and shame, but this is between you and God. Some of you, you're going to come and say, God, my thought life is not right. God, my thought life is just messed up. Some of you, you, you lost something. Maybe you lost your marriage. Maybe it's your health. Some of you, you've lost your confidence. Some of you, you lost something so precious to you. Tonight, God wants to restore it. God wants to bring hope. God wants to bring healing in the hearts of His children. And there are people here tonight, for the first time, you're going to offer forgiveness. You want to come to the front and you want to lay it at the altar. And you're saying, God, I release my offender. This morning at four o'clock, the Lord didn't need to wake me up because jet lag woke me up. I really felt the Lord tell me to finish the service, my message before we did the response by reading this scripture. And then Luca said it. And I thought, isn't God amazing? He's called the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. So we're starting and finishing with it. Ezekiel 47, 3 to 5. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. If I could ask the worship team to come and join me. That's not in the Bible, but anyway. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that could not cross because the water, were, water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. Some of you, up until this point, maybe you've been 
just experiencing ankle deep stuff. God is inviting you to go deeper. Some of you, it's knee deep. God's saying, come, come. It's an invitation. Come, come. Some of you, you're at waist deep. God is saying, come, come, come. As Lucas said, he wants you to go deeper and deeper to the point where our feet can no longer touch the ground. And that's where we realize I'm no longer in control. He is in control. Tonight, when you release your baggage, you are no longer in control. He is in control. When you release that person who hurt you, person that offended you, person that abused you, you are no longer in control. When you offer forgiveness, He is in control. You know, as we were worshiping tonight, I really felt the Lord say to me to tell you this tonight. Some of us, we came to the service and we were treating it like a driveway, drive through McDonald's. You thought, I'm just going to drive through, worship, hear a message. I'm going to hear a bunch of stories and I'm going to go home. But tonight God is saying, no, I want you to park your car. I want you to come in, come in, come in. I want to meet with you. Would you stand to your feet for a moment? And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to the front. If you're here tonight and, and, and you're like, Boyd, I want to do some business with God. There are some things that I need to lay at the altar. Unforgiveness, bitterness. I want God to touch my mind. I want God to restore that which was lost. Would you come to the front and this is what I want you to do. I want you to kneel at the feet of Jesus. And will you release it to Jesus? Will you leave it at the cross? And then I'm sure Pastor Mark and Kathy and the team here and myself, we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. What are some baggages that you are carrying into the year 2019 that today is the day to let go of that? Let's worship the Lord, worship the Lord for a moment. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are wide open. Let's worship the Lord for a moment. You come when you're ready. Stand at the feet of Jesus and we'll come and pray for you. Let's worship the Lord for a moment. Thank you, Lord.